You've never taken a break from tango, have you? I have never. No. <laughs> no. Maybe maybe a week. Okay, maybe one week. <laughs> or, or, but it's, it's, it's not really a break because I feel no. like, okay, maybe, you know, when I was in school that, you know, I had to study for midterm or final, then maybe I took maybe... But even then, I think I went to the long anyway. But like maybe one week, there was one point, I still remember, one point that I thought, like, man, it's just, I don't know, I don't feel like dancing much. So maybe I should just not doing it. I think that I did that for a week and then I feel like going back. I'm Liz Sabachik, and this is Humans of Tango, where we explore what tango has to teach through the experiences of those who dance it. a little at a tango festival in Baltimore sometime around 2014. London lived in New York, but he was known among DC social dancers for his talent and his relentless drive to improve his dance. Both the talent and the drive were on full display at that festival, together with a friendly, down-to-earth disposition. But before London became a rising star with an intercity reputation, he was an international student trying partner dancing for the first time. I started this studio called Danceport in New York. They, they don't run it anymore because of the COVID. Um, it's where I think Al Pacino learned his tango for sustainable women. Um, wow, what a claim to fame. No disrespect to Al Pacino. Yeah, but anyway, well, that was the marketing point of the studio. Uh, nice. Um, but first, you know, this studio, te- you know, taught like many different dances, like, you know, salsa, lindy, swing, cha-cha, more like waltz and stuff like that. They also taught hustle. Before I was like, okay, I want to learn some kind of partner dancing. I looked, looked up some information and I found this studio. I think I started with like some kind of unlimited, like beginner's package kind of stuff so that I could try all the stuff. Um, to be honest, the first tango wasn't very fun. You know, it's, slow and you know like hustle you turn and you move maybe you know music is maybe a little more like rhythmic and all but then like very soon after i think i get to see the video of forever tango and i i remember the number was uh uh by carlo gavito and marcelo duran um i saw that video it was legendary video everybody knows linked in the show notes in case somehow you missed it i was like oh my god i want to do that (laughs) he seemed like cavito he looked a little older so maybe i can enjoy this thing until when i get old and i don't know like after i just like quit doing other dances and just like all the way tango and the more i learn and more i do the more i love it i love dancing in general like even i remember when i was like really young i remember i did some of this kind of k-pop band dancing for the the school yeah, it's not a prom and a korean school doesn't have a prom but like some kind of events because i remember like when i was really young at some point i kind of wanted to become a dancer 
but I felt like I was too old to start. It's mm-hmm. so ridiculous to hear now. I was still in my teen, uh, teenage, but like, you know, I think it's because of this elitism in Korean education. Like, okay, you got to start very early if you want to be successful with music or like art. So I felt like, okay, I'm too late. Maybe I was like, you know, 15, 16, and I felt like too, too old for doing yeah. that. So I, I never tried, mm-hmm. which I kind of regret. But, uh, but yeah, so. But now Tango, here you Tango are. With Tango. Here I am, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then the the video, I guess there was an aesthetic part of it that drew you in and the, the aesthetic yeah, of so... the, the lines and the drama. I mean, Forever Tango is like a lot of drama, right? Yeah, it's the whole thing, I think. First of all, I think the music fits me very well. I, I don't know. I'm kind of maybe I'm a dramatic person. So I love this drama in the music. It's like so sort of, I don't know grand and like you know it's a huge scale of like orchestra and the all the emotions that you, you see you know forever tango is like theater show so and that for me it was like i was like so wild um aesthetic wise i was very that i like well, this looks so cool <laughs> it's kind of simple yeah it's, it's just a cool it's the whole thing like the way they, they dressed, it was, you know, very sleek and the music and the emotion and passion and thing as a so any kind of art form. It's a way to express who you are kind of thing. And maybe I never, until that point, I never get to experience expressing this drama in me or, or any kind of emotion. Like... Mm-hmm. So maybe I never really understood what art is really. Maybe that point that I felt like maybe I was, okay. Oh my God. Mm. I want to do that. Maybe I can do that. Because then it doesn't look like that I have to stretch my legs and make like a, like a ballet dancer like doing thing. Well, maybe I can do that. I don't have to be so flexible maybe. <laughs> and, 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 no, I, I was I was really thinking this stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So then I started doing it, and, uh, and I loved it. inner uh, debate whether I should pursue the dream of becoming a tango dancer you know like as like a full-time tango dancer or should I just enjoy as a hobby Um, but then somehow I felt like I should pursue this I think that one point was actually because I started learning bandoneon and I felt like maybe I can do these two together it's kind of silly but at first so because, you know, usually all the work in tango dancing happens in the evening. You teach in the evening, you go to milonga at night. Um, so during daytime, maybe I could practice Svendonian. Before, I only had like tango dancing. And that was 
maybe not enough for me. I think one reason was because I saw so many friends or colleagues who sort of regret it. You know, some of my friends, you know, they quit their job and jump into tango teaching and all that. And after maybe a few years, they kind of regret, you know, not really enjoying tango anymore. They lost their passion and love for tango. But then after that, they cannot go back where they were because, you know, already in a in a trap that to make a living, you know, they have to teach and do the work. Hmm. But then they get tired and, you know, going to Milonga and enjoying it is probably, it's just, they just want to go home and, you know, take rest. And I saw many cases of this. I, literally, I saw so many of these. Hmm. And I mean, the people you probably also know, <laughs> you don't yeah. have to name names unless you want I to. Cannot, I cannot name names, <laughs> but but you know that sort of put me back. Okay, maybe I should like rethink. I think over to become a tango master. So I don't want to regret later on. So maybe I should not just jump into tango teaching because you know becoming a full time tango dancer means you have to teach in general. Because unless you're like a you belong to a certain tango company. And you tour and you know give a performance like every night, but you know usually that's not the case. You have to teach to make a living, so it was tough for a long time. But then I started learning mandanels, and I was like, I just so in love with doing that, and just somehow like, okay, I should probably do this because you know now I have two. So if I get tired of doing one thing, maybe I can sort of rely on the other. London's decision to dedicate himself to tango full-time led directly to another major life decision, whether to stay in New York or return to his hometown of Seoul, South Korea. I lived in New York a little more than 10 years. I think it's 12, 13 years. I don't know. I feel New York as like my second home. I feel very comfortable in being in New York. Um, so I was a foreign, you know, international student. And then I worked for a company. So, you know, with the working visa and student visa and kind of stuff. Working in the office, you know, takes a lot of energy. And, you know, after that, you know, you don't really have energy to work on your stuff. Like, you know, because if I decide to become a single dancer, I, I, I want to work on my technique and, you know, do the rehearsals and stuff. I was also thinking about um, joining the Army, U.S. Army, because they had a program called MAVNI, which they allow the foreign um, aliens to join the military and they, they give a citizenship. Um, but you got to serve for about like four years or something, I think. Um, I considered that and I actually took some process of joining, but eventually I kind of gave up because, uh, again, the same reason that, that I had to stay, you know, many years, and which is a sort of critical time to work on my tango skills, basically. Because, you know, I, I want to start as early as possible like people in Argentina, they start when they're very young. So one other thing that made me sort of move back to Korea was uh, um, as a professional tango dancer, like what I can offer and what I can be. I don't necessarily experience so much of racism in tango, like personally, mm -hmm. but it's when it comes to me presenting myself as Argentine tango dancer. Because, you know, it's in a community you have like, you know, Argentine dancers and all, or Argentine lookalike dancers. Uh, so you think people versus, are like, look, still looking for the stereotype? 
Oh, you know, yeah, it it, it exists. Turd. And that's that's yeah. just something that I experienced personally because, yeah, you know, yeah. I give performances and all that. But if if I do that in South Korea, you know, I don't have that problem, you know. Like, you know, New York is very, very open. And I, I love, again, I love New York and I love people in New York. But still, you know, there are people who have this racism inside, like, you know, that they don't necessarily always like show up, but it comes out, you know, time to time. Sure. Um, and working like this, that's, you know, because it has a name already, name suggested Argentine tango, you know, like it's, it's from Argentina. But, you know, there are many Argentine dancers in the States. I'm just, I was just kind of like SWAT analysis. SWAT as in strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. You know, I, I probably could survive, but at the same time, oh, maybe I could achieve better things. I don't have to feel any kind of stereotype if I actually work in South Korea. That was also one other reason that I came back. Because I want, you know, if I do it, I want to do good. I want to be successful, you know. Yeah. Not, not financially per se, but like I want to, you know, only evaluate it as a as a skills and, you know, level and tango itself, not the look of the person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, this is, a, again, this is not the only reason. It's just all the things combined. Yeah. I mean, okay, I probably better move back to Seoul and, you know, develop and build like, my stuff there. Yeah. It sounds like it was a hard decision, though. That was... It was very tough because, you know, again, I felt very compatible. Uh, or it fits me very well, like culture-wise, um, just uh, this, this, this Asian culture that has somehow, you know, they care so much about what other people think. Um, but something that I love about New York is that they do care a little bit, but it's a lot less. Um, but they very are very actually sharing like what you do if you do it well if you do it hard and you know they really acknowledge your effort and the dedication that's sort of how, how i felt in new york so mm-hmm. i love i love living in new york but just um yeah i couldn't stay <laughs> Race-wise, I'm just one of them, so you know I really don't have problem of that. But here has other problems. <laughs> Again, you know, um, I'm sort of how can I say? You know, I'm new, like out of nowhere, right? And I I didn't really visit or like travel Korea to dance or anything. So you know, a lot of people don't really know me. The way I teach and the way I approach dancing is also very different from what people here were doing. Huh. Um, Can you tell me how something, oh, some example of how it's I different? think it's something that I feel always, you know, because like different city or different country has, you know, different community. But usually in this communities have, um, I don't know how to put it, 
the yeah like initiator or like opinion leader someone who sort of lead the communities sort of in a, in a direction mm. for example i don't know if I, I live in a town you know i'm the only teacher and there are like maybe 100 students and if i bring certain master and me you know that's like the only information they have and so this community has certain type of i don't know maybe dancing and style or and even culture like the, the way they think and I think that was very evident when I came back. So, for example, competition is so important here. The reason why I compete is, I mean, again, you know, yes, I, I want to have a good opportunities. It's a good way to sort of show my work. But it's so important on my resume here. It is culture. That was Asian one of culture. my questions. So thank you for yeah. answering that with before yeah, I yeah, had a chance to ask. Yeah. So the Asian, and you know, I'm not like talking bad about like Asian people. You know, it's just different, different culture. You know, they care a lot about uh, what's on the paper, maybe the first place in certain championships. So in a way, okay, if I go back, I probably have to join the competition and work it out. Because, you know, I was in the States, I never competed, not even once. I mean, competition was happening in San Francisco, so maybe that was another reason. But here, I knew it was very important. You know, people care about the title of being a, becoming a champion. The level of dancing is very good. Uh, like all my friends, they always have very good time in the Malonga. But in a way, it's a, in a, in a way, it's a, it feels like they, are, they dance only in the box. Like, they don't, they don't feel comfortable doing things you know go out of box uh now i'm not saying any very better just it's different mm-hmm. and, and that's something that i feel in in soul because you know i was so i was sort of an alien here <laughs> like doing things teaching certain things and they're like okay how, how, how? like for example i said like maybe relaxing your knees and you know, bend your knees maybe a little bit and they say no but i straighten my knees you know because they mm-hmm. were so impacted by okay you have to keep your lines hmm. this kind of stuff so it's a little things but it's a big yeah london may relax his knees from time to time but he never forgets about the aesthetics that first drew him to tango for london inner experience and outward expression are linked he also seeks to cultivate a synergy between social improvisation and choreographed performance. So first, you know, Peel was like the whole thing, like the the drama, the storytelling, and the, probably the whole set with the music and the dial- dialogue between the two dancers. And then later on, you know, when I was so into social dancing and then I experienced this, you know, I don't know, you know, like all these words like tengas and whatever, you know, people say right yeah i felt that i love doing that i love being in that state you know obviously wait for for um anyone who might not have heard the term tangasm is that like a state of flow would you say i I think it's the word that combined with tango and orgasm right so (laughs) but you know it feels like so good and maybe so relieved and everything you know all stress is gone and you feel like maybe euphoric i don't know and that you feel so happy and satisfied somehow mm-hmm. and i i refer this kind of state after nancy yeah um 
and you feel so connected to the other person, you know. So this part of Hangul also very important, and I felt it was so good experience. Um, and I realized that oh, okay, maybe this kind of technique and the aesthetic not necessarily go together, but at the same time, as I work on my technique and all that, I don't know. I always felt like I want to look good. Because if I do certain things, I want to look good from outside. When you look at certain things, when something is beautiful or something is harmonious, you know, then, you know, there's like some kind of science in it, right? So I feel the same thing that dancing, you should look for the beauty and aesthetic out of it. And I think that can enhance how you feel and how your partner can feel. You know, we cheer for all these masters from the look. You know, you don't necessarily dance with these masters, but you see these people and, wow, they are amazing, right? You know, you only see the videos and you only see the performance and you get all from outside. I think it's very beautiful to see, you know, like Tango Escenario, for example, like stage tango, you know, like good peace and hard work. I don't know, like I get, I get moved. Good improvisation, the same, and I try to find a way that can enhance the other area. For example, I learn, you know, choreography and doing things. I try to find what points I can connect to my social dancing. Even like, for example, in in the choreography, you have some kind of acting and you know being in the moment, you know, concentrating on your partner or just like giving a gaze. And that can also maybe apply to social dancing a little bit, maybe different level of intensity. But, you know, it's or, you know, during the improvisation or you find certain way of moving. Okay, so I can make a pattern that I can sort of stretch out to make it nice movement for choreography. Since moving back to South Korea, London has competed and placed in multiple tango championships and opened a tango academy with his dance partner, Seoul. Right now, their primary focus is attracting the next generation of dancers. So right now, the two, of you, the two of you opened the school together and you're running everything and taking care of the yes, space right. and classes and mm-hmm. promotion and all of the things. Correct, yes. Got it. Everything. Even <laughs> <laughs> the, the YouTube channel that we do is, is, is she does the the editing and everything of the videos. So, so nice. Yeah. Those are great. I was gonna ask you <laughs> who came up with those. Like, well, especially the little shorts are like so okay. fun. So one of the one of the vision that we have is that we want to approach to non tangled people, especially in their maybe twenties or thirties, the younger younger crowd. So that's one reason why we make videos kind of funny and <laughs> and sometimes dancing to pop music, cool. right? That too, yes. <laughs> um, you know, you know that works. So <laughs> yeah. 
So to, to reach new, new audiences who might not necessarily mm. identify as interested in tango. Because the Korea, the tango scene uh, was established through Hobby Club. Mm. Um, it's just uh, the online community. And about like 20 years ago, it was a kind of hot thing. But now that age group literally aged all, all together. So like all newcomers were always these friends. So for example, now in their 40s, in their 50s are like probably the most group in tango in Korea. Really, if somebody's in their 20s, it's like, it's like almost non-existent. So I feel like it's a, it's almost a crisis. Um, and as a tango professional and uh, as a part of community, I feel like okay, this is very important to one thing that I really respect and I admire a lot about the state's tank community was the, the university and college association with the, the tank community, which, you know, they have like very good channel of producing younger dancers. And here, literally, there's like none. It's is it so... harder on a like a bureaucratic level or is it just a lack of interest in the students? It's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably for both, but, mm -hmm. you know, people just don't know about it. And, you know, at least if there is like student club, then maybe they see, okay, this exists. So that's just the one vision that we try to work on, you know, yeah. to approach the more, more younger crowd and get them to start tango dancing make them to stay <laughs> uh, yeah but i want to i want to i really miss new york i want to back i miss my friends yeah miss the people so one day i will definitely go visit maybe with a with a trophy <laughs> with a trophy <laughs> if you get I a win. if you get a trophy then you can tour right is that what you're thinking you'll do maybe, your victory maybe. tour oh, that would be nice that <laughs> That'd be, that'd be like a dream come true, but yeah. <laughs> but I do my best. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to report that since this interview, London and Seoul have secured at least two trophies in Asian regional championships for their stage tango performances, which means they'll be headed to the final round of the 2023 World Tango Championship in Buenos Aires. Here's to putting in the work, however we want that to look or feel. Thank you, London, and congratulations. And thanks to Tango Bardo for the recording that accompanies this episode. Junta de Oro, composed by Osvaldo Bujiero and made famous by Osvaldo Pugliese. <laughs>